The Gospel Shaped Home Podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the end of the street and the ends of the earth. Welcome to another episode of Gospel Shaped Home. Uh, We're thankful that you have taken time to join us again. Today, I'm joined by special guest Brian Nelson, affectionately known as Nelly around here, not to be confused with Brian Frost. So also convenient, he his wife is named Ellie, that rhymes, Nellie and Ellie, and she's sitting beside him. So welcome, Brian and Ellie. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Glad you guys are here. Andy. You guys have a few children, right? Would you like to tell us a little bit about your family? We have four kids. Our oldest is Mary Evelyn, and she is 13. Margot is 11. Asher is nine. And our youngest, Annie, is five. Well, grateful for you guys. Thank you for being here. And just thankful for your example of of seeking to live out the gospel in your home. I'm encouraged by you and excited to talk about chapter three, Law, from Paul Tripp's book, Parenting, with you today. So, Brian, what's the point? Law, what's he talking about? Yeah, you know, he uh, he kind of gets to the to the point at 48 and he asks the question, uh, what are you relying on in a sense to create change in your children? And then he points toward the law. And I think what he's hanging his hat on is do we do we think that uh, the a set of expectations or rules are what's going to change the hearts of our kids? And if so, then what we are showing is that we're placing our hope and our confidence in the law. And that may sound great, right? Like that 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 sounds good. Like I want certain behaviors from my kid, but we expect <laughs> right. obedience. We we're we stick by the rules. Yeah, but but the scriptures teach us that the reality of that is that that the law is good because it, it exposes what is good and right. Right, but God's it standards. Oh yeah, but it also shows us that we we fall short of it. And um, and so, you know, Trip is, I think Trip in this chapter is trying to help us to see that the, that the law uh, is not what will change the heart of our kids. And he says on page 49, there's thousands of well-meaning Christian parents that are asking the law to do in the lives of their children what only the powerful grace of God can accomplish. So is he saying we don't need the law? Is he saying our kids don't need the law? <laughs> no, gosh, no, I, absolutely not. The law is good and right. It, it shows us what, what is holy. I mean, ultimately in the scripture, the law uh, shows us who God is. And so, no, it, it points us toward wisdom. And he talks about that in this chapter, that there's an idea that the law shows us what wisdom looks like. And, and so, no, we don't ignore it. Yeah, it, it, he says it the grace of wisdom, right? The law shows us the way we should go, but then also the grace of conviction. It shows us that we don't go that way, right? We right. go astray. We go our own way. And so you, you said it well, but the law exposes the sin in our kids' hearts. And so the the problem, according to Tripp in this chapter, is not when we rightly use God's law to help our kids see God as an authority in the world and, and that they are lawbreakers that they have have rebelled against his authority. The problem is when we expect that law and those rules to change their hearts. Yeah, right, because scripturally, if we think about the the way the law was applied, even uh, with with the Old Testament, uh, it could not ultimately make the people's hearts righteous. That's right. Something else was was, was miss, missing in a sense it was there, it, and, uh, and that's where grace comes in. That's right. That's right. Now he talks about um, law replacement. Uh, What's he getting at there? I think he's talking about swapping out God's law for another law. 
I think that he is honing the point that we often add to God's law for our own conveniences. So instead of using the Lord's law, we um, alter and add to rules and expectations of our children so as to modify their behavior so that we feel good. Right, and so our desire is met, right? Whatever we want happens. God's holiness is not the standard or what's driving it. Uh, It is what we want. Right. My convenience, my comfort, my peace and quiet. Yeah, so practically in our home, what this regularly looks like is a multiplication of rules. Anytime something gets on my nerves, I say, stop doing that. You're not allowed to say that anymore. You're not allowed to make that face. You're not allowed to make that noise. And I'm basically multiplying rules for my convenience. Mm-hmm. You guys look at me like I'm... I'm Four. No, we have we, no idea you know, what you're saying or talking about. Yeah, you know, I, we were... Just this week, we've been uh, faced with the reality. Our children sing all the time. And uh, that, that's not a bad thing unless they're, all, thing. unless they're all for singing something completely different at the same time, which is normally how it goes, right? So it turns into a plethora of throwing commands at them and laws to, uh, to stop it. <laughs> because it's, because, and this is, this is at the heart of this, right? Because what is happening in those moments is, is my peace is being broken. And so I create a rule, which is what you're saying. You know, we add, we, we add this up. I create a rule to serve what I want, my peace, my quiet. And, uh, and so I, and so if that's where it ends, if that's how it ends, then, uh, then we've created something to try and change behavior in our children for our own desire. That's right. And, you know, in that situation, I mean, Ella, you mentioned earlier, we were talking about this situation that there may, it may be right to say something. It may be right to address right. the situation. They need to be respecters of each other and the other people in our homes. And Right. We're In that moment, what we're concerned about is them understanding yeah. God's standards for them. Namely, hey, we want you to see that you have to consider others' interests, not just your own. It's you, Philippians, right? Consider the needs of others as greater than yourself. But when it starts with, I can't take it anymore, it's usually going in the wrong direction. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's good. And to sum this up on page 54, he says, I propose that so much of what drives our responses to our kids is an unannounced set of laws that are more about what we want for ourselves and our lives than what God wants for and from our children. So, Christian parent, beware of multiplying rules and replacing God's own law with a law of our own making for our own convenience. But really, I think the main point of the chapter is we can't trust the power of the law to change our children's hearts. For that, they need grace. They need the gospel. And when we say, you know, when we say grace, are we talking about leniency, laxity? No, absolutely not. What are we talking about? Then? Uh, what we're talking about is the reality that there's only one thing that can that can suffice for the fulfillment of that. It's not ignoring the law. It's uh, it's coming to the reality that we've broken it and racing to the one who can actually overcome it and has on our behalf. I mean, it's, it's taking, it's, it's doing the hard work of in those moments going beyond what is uh, the, the broken law, uh, what is, what has been transgressed to the answer to that, which is Christ and the gospel, which is what God you said. provides a redeemer. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, like Paul says in Romans 8, God has done 
by sending Christ, by condemning our sin in his flesh on the cross, he's done what the law could not do, weakened as it was by the sinful flesh. And so ultimately, the law is good at exposing sin in our kids' hearts and in our own hearts, and and that should drive us to preach the gospel. So uh, one of our good friends from Turkey, he he had a, uh, a great matrix. He said, we've always got to make sure we're finding the the right balance between gospel discipline and gospel grace, right? We can, gospel discipline is is not angry, anger and impatience and frustration enforcing rules and obedience on our kids. It's lovingly helping our kids see when they've gone astray and helping them see that uh, therefore they need redemption. They need God's grace and gospel grace, like you're saying, Brian, is not uh, just overlooking everything and leniency and just not caring about disobedience. It's helping them see this is wrong, but I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I also am under the same sickness. And guess what? There's a physician who heals broken people right. like us. And, you know, and, and what's remarkable, Andy, to me about all this is that um, the, the, the response that we have in those moments probably is, is revealing where our own heart is. If we, if we forget what God has gifted us with in those moments and, and uh, what our what our calling is as parents, then we're inconvenienced by this. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- uh, we're inconvenienced by uh, the the brokenness of our children and of our own hearts and we don't we don't get to the grace uh, because because that's not that's not at the center of our own heart. Yeah. So that's actually a good place to kind of wrap this up is uh, he says at the in the last three or four pages, you need to preach the gospel yeah. to your children and you need to model the gospel of grace to your children. Any um, any thoughts on what this can look like practically, preaching the gospel to our children and modeling it to our children? I think in moments where discipline is necessary, it takes a lot of time and modeling the gospel to your children has a lot to do with pointing out the heart behind their behavior and often that takes just so much time in getting the child to calm down or to actually reveal what is in their heart and for them to express it. And just taking that time is often more work than just delving out discipline. And so the modeling comes in in the patience and in the sweetness of waiting for them to realize what their heart has done. Yeah, that's good. Any other thoughts, Brian, on preaching yeah. the gospel, modeling the gospel? Yeah, and I would say uh, that's in the midst of actually uh, have, uh, walking in those times when y- you are having to discipline your kid or deal with, uh, with, with, with their brokenness. But I would say modeling also comes when we just show them by our own admission that we are imperfect and we need a Savior to be that's quick right. to confess and to race to Christ in those moments. I think that's another piece of modeling those things before our children. Yeah. And I think it really does. It's kind of rooted in the, what we talked about in the introduction, Phil and I, that gospel parenting is ambassadorial parenting. We have to recognize, Hey, wait, I'm in this because I am entrusted by God with the opportunity and responsibility to introduce my kids to him as the God of grace. And, and so, you know, Ella, you were talking about time, like we've got to set aside time to invest in them and be willing to be inconvenienced yeah. for the sake of having these conversations. And they're not always going to come at planned moments and ever rarely, yeah, very rarely. <laughs> yeah. And so, but I love how he talks about any opportunity can be a gospel right. opportunity, an opportunity to, to speak the gospel to them. It's not like you're doing a Sunday morning sermon. It's we're constantly pointing them to the 
the nearness and the faithfulness and the power and the provision of God in mm. Christ. And, you know, when it comes to modeling, he, he just, you know, talks about the fact that regularly we contradict the words we're saying by the ways we say them, by our actions, right? We, we yell at our kids not to yell. I whine at my kids <laughs> not to whine. Stop whining, right? I'm uh, the daddy whine. And so, I think what you were saying, Brian, that we, in a sense, we've got to remember we're more like them than we're unlike uh-huh. them. We've got to come near and s- sympathize with them of, hey, you know what? It's a good thing that Jesus came to rescue us. So yeah. any other final thoughts? Well. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Glad you guys are here. Uh, favorite quote of mine from John Bunyan, Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners, I think is where it comes from, but says, run, John, run, the law demands, but gives me neither feet nor hands. Better news the gospel brings. Mm. It bids me fly and gives me wings. Praise God for his rich grace in Jesus. And thanks again, guys, for joining today. And thank you listeners for joining in. Hope to see you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast, produced by Providence Baptist Church of Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.